This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. It is Thursday, and you know what that means. That means we bring on the one and only Jonathan Twanley. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I, every day Saturday, Jonathan. Come on. Every day Saturday. I'm a lucky guy. Hey, so in this third episode together, I'm just going to throw out some questions just to get where you're, where, you know, what you think, um, you know, what your thoughts are, what, what, you know, with what's going on in the world. And the first one, Jonathan, is something I can't personally imagine, but there is a YouTube channel out there with almost 100,000 subscribers who says that we are going to have 1% 30-year mortgages. I can't believe it, but my opinion is only one vote. I was just curious what you think. Again, 30-year fixed residential home loans at 1%. What do you think? No. <laughs> it's like, how could a bank make money at 1%? That was my first thought. Well, they could, but the thing is then then the money that they're borrowing would have to be at negative interest rates. Right? Exactly. So, uh, and the Fed has- Said, no, no, no. <laughs> it's not going negative. Uh, I mean, we would have to be in some kind of major depression for it to be negative. And right now the economy is growing. We're snapping out of the COVID shutdowns. You know, inflation is running hot and there, this, the Fed is signaling that it may be raising interest rates. I think there's a lot more talk about interest rates going up than about them going down. The idea that there's going to be 1%, uh, you know, interest rates for homes just doesn't make the slightest amount of sense to me. Um, and what's what's the reason for it? You know, I know home sales are off a little bit the last month mm -hmm. uh, as compared to the previous year. Probably some of that is like, you know, a lot of the demand has been met already. And then mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have frankly been discouraged because they can't find stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not because the demand isn't there for homes. We haven't seen any kind of like, we've not experienced the 2008 foreclosure, foreclosure crisis. No, nope. we have not. We've seen home ownership rise in the last year, right? So I just don't see there being any reason mm -mm. for you to have interest rates going down that low. It's not, there, there's no need to try to stimulate the, the housing market at, yeah. at this point. So uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and I don't know what, I haven't seen that argument, so I don't know what's behind it. Whether So I'll give a summary, my opinion yeah. of the other channel basically um uh, the overnight reserve what do they call that the the Dude, fed it's is it overnight funds rate yeah overnight funds there's a trillion dollars in growing funds just sitting there overnight banks have too much cash um basically there's too much cash in the system getting 0.005 percent interest or whatever it is now at the fed and they're like the economy they're that's happening the economy is slowing down it's not this you know, raging growth. And uh, in order to stimulate business economy, we're going to have to lend more. And the only way to do that is whack rates. That's essentially the argument. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, interest rates are historically low right now as it is. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole idea that we need to like encourage people to borrow more 
is a little bit, it's just a bad idea. And, yeah, and yeah. the reason it's a bad idea is because it, it's just going to go, it's going to be malinvested, which means it's going to be sunk into basically bad ideas, bad businesses, you know, startups that have no chance of ever making any money, uh, overpaying for real estate. I mean, it's just, it's just not a good idea to like stimulate the economy by encouraging people to go borrow even more money. And, yeah. and frankly, even at low interest rates, the amount of debt out there is a, is, is a drag on the economy, right? So yeah, payments uh, go, payments come out of, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it is, uh, I, I just don't yeah. see this happening at all. Yeah. The other thing that I think about, right. I just did that 40 year research on housing and the, the big takeaway is interest rates are a big part of housing prices, right? Everybody's pointing at prices being too high, too high, too high. Well, the payments are actually lower than they were in 1980, right? As a percent of income. And I, I'm like, oh my God, I actually did the math. I did the math at 1% just because I wanted to see. Housing prices could double 100% growth at 1% fixed for 30 years and the payment would be back to 1990s levels. Wow. That, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, so here's, so, but, the, but the, the payments are the same, right? But the down payment. Yes, as a percent of income right? goes up. Yep. Right, so this is what, I mean, I've thought about this issue myself too. And when you talk about, you know, the, like the major cities and people complaining about the cost of living, mm -hmm. right? Now let's think about when the cost of, now places like New York and San Francisco have always been expensive, right? But they've never been, they, they weren't always crushingly expensive. Yeah, they were crushingly, always, yeah. There were always places that within the cities that were, you know, less fashionable or less accessible or what have you were th that were affordable, right? And mm -hmm. when did this really start? When did the big cities start getting to be crushingly expensive? Well, it's when the Fed and other central banks around the country started lowering rates and lowering rates and lowering rates and lowering rates. And this phenomenon has happened where they have all that's done is push the price of assets up mm -hmm. and make those places unaffordable, mm -hmm. right? So it has made it tougher and tougher for people to put together the down payment to live. It's made it, you know, it's pushed up rents because landlords have to pay more for properties and they have to charge more rent. And, you know, it's made it just, you know, this is really, in my in my view, the problem, right, that has afflicted the cities and the, and the affordability problem. Because the mm -hmm. Fed and other central banks have just, you know, caused this inflation in mm -hmm. the price of housing. And agreed. And that's you know, and until that gets reined in, it is going. This trend is going to continue. So when mm -hmm. you know people point at taxes, and taxes are a problem. Obviously, they're you know. They're really high in places like New York and California, but the the just the basic cost of living that people have to bear is, you know, really a problem. And you combine that with like the restrictive building policies, yeah. then you get the supply. You know, and the, the the government keeps on juicing the demand side of things without helping the supply side. I totally right. agree. It's and again, they're talking about even doing more on the demand side, which just drives me crazy. Right? The yeah. Yeah, it's nope. it's not a demand problem. <laughs> the only positive thing I'm seeing right now is that the Biden administration has, I can't remember if this is actually something they're doing through executive means or this is legislation <laughs> they propose, but they have 
basically offer, they, you know, they can't tell the states what to do, right? The federal government has no power to like order the states to do, to enact certain laws or whatever. What they can do is kind of dangle a carrot. And mm. so they, they often do this. This is why you see them saying like, hey, if you want the, these, these highway funds, then you have to do X, Y, and Z. And the Supreme Court has said, that's fine. You can, they can turn it down so you're not coercing them, right? But you can't just order them to do something. Okay. So one of the things the Biden administration has been proposing is to tie funding to loosening uh, restrictive zoning. Okay. And that is like one of the only things that really, or one of the things that needs to happen for housing to become more affordable around the country is, is loosening up these restrictive zoning laws where you have these suburbs where you've got, you know, minimum one acre plots, basically multifamily is either outlawed entirely or restricted to some like, you know, here you can build it on this one street over right. here, you know, and you can only go up three stories. And like, so that's it. All the, the anti-density restrictions cause prices of because you the population is growing, the Fed is throwing money at people and that the supply can't grow in, in a lot of these places. And you're, you're going to start seeing this happening throughout the South too. They, mm -hmm. as I've said before, they're just behind in the process. But when you see like there's a lot of open land in a lot of these Southern states that can still be purchased, right? Mm -hmm. It's being purchased, but what's happening? They're building large plot, single family, right? Yeah. Oftentimes gated, all kinds of deed restrictions, right? The, the, the municipalities there don't want like to become dense. So they have all kinds of restrictions on this. And you're seeing the development getting pushed further and further and further out. Mm -hmm. Commute times are becoming really bad in a lot of these places, mm -hmm. right? And it's because of th this anti-density issue. This is just the same thing that happened like in upstate New York in the 50s and 60s, right? Interesting. It, it, you know, in California too, tons of open farmland. You could buy it cheap. You could build, you know, you'd build on it. Everyone thought this was great, right? But what happened was you, 30 years down the line, now you've got a housing crisis because you were restricted from building densely. Right, and you couldn't keep up with population growth. So I I th I, th I think that like the advantage of some of the more open states uh, in terms of housing affordability is just a temporary phenomenon. So maybe, mm. but the other mm. lesson there may be go and buy now while yeah. you can in places like that because the price is going to go up because the supply is being restricted. Yeah, you're behind California in New York, but take the opportunity to buy now because you can see the future essentially. Yeah, right? you can see like. The future of Texas is California, right? Like <laughs> that's going to piss off people. Oh, Texas. it's going to piss off people like no end. But I'm telling you, yeah. Mark, come back and listen to this in 30 years and, ask, and see if I was right. I mean, I could, you know, maybe I'll be dead in 30 years, but but I guarantee you, the, it, because of the, that those restrictive zoning rules, mm -hmm. right? The the future of Texas, the future of Atlanta, the future, you know, yeah, I it's see it. California and New York. It's yeah. You know, Florida is already going that way. Yeah. And, you know, so just so yeah. by now. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, another question I wanted to ask you about is inflation, right? Where, where do you come down on this inflation argument? Obviously, the Fed is saying transitory, although Powell said yesterday, maybe a little hotter and a little longer than he'd like. I was kind of hemming and hawing about it for a month. I've now come down on the side because I think I think true consumer inflation is going to is just bubbling up now. Rent, food, gas. I think it's going to be a, a problem, not only all of this year, but probably all of next year. And, and by a problem, I'll say above 3%. Um, 
So I, I've come down on the, the, that side of it, but where are you at? Yeah, I mean, I think inflation is going to run a little hot for a while. But for I, a while, but, meaning that's the thing, right? Transfer. Yeah, I think it's, I don't think this is, I don't think we're like entering into some, I mean, I saw somebody in my Facebook page the other day say like uh, something to the effect of like the Fed has turned like money into garbage or like, what was the word? It was like something like, it was like something that like basically made money worthless. And it's okay. like, it's, come on. Yeah. It's like, come on, 3% inflation. How how long has the Fed been trying to get to three percent inflation? Long it's been, time. Like it's been a couple decades, right? That yes. they've been trying desperately to get to three percent on inflation, which is considered like healthy, right? And so now we've got three percent on inflation, and people are losing their minds because they're like, oh, the dollar is worthless now because we have three percent inflation. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah. Uh, there's always been essentially three percent inflation. The the real you know. We have a problem if we get to like ten percent inflation. Yeah, double digits a problem. Right, yeah. that would be like a like a big problem. However, like just to be like technical with people and annoy people again, ten percent inflation is not hyperinflation. No, it's not hyperinflation. People are talking. I keep on hearing all this. Stuff, we're we're going to get hyperinflation and the dollar is going to go to just be worthless. And it's like, first of all, we're not going to get there because the Fed is not going to let it happen. We okay. interest rates will go up, right? Yeah if inflation gets too hot. It's just the way it is. Like, because you know why? Even without the Fed, the people who lend money, right? We'll just raise rates, yeah. Just say, we, we have to keep up with inflation. Mm -hmm. We are raising interest rates. We're not going yeah. to- They're not a charity. We're yeah. not going to give you a dollar, right? You know, and then have it be worth 95 cents when we get it back, nope. right? We're going to make up for that you know, and if we do think the dollar is going to only be worth 95 cents, and we're going to charge you six or 7% interest to make sure that we get a, we make a profit in real terms on this loan that we're making. Totally right? agree. So the Fed may be forced into raising rates, right? So we, you know, look, we may have a, a serious recession as a result of this, that could happen, but I'm mm -hmm. telling you now, and if we have a recession, that's deflationary too, right? Absolutely. So that, oh, right? yes. So I'm telling you right now, I'm putting a stake in the ground. Michael, you love putting stakes in the ground. I do. I'm putting a stake in the ground that we will not have hyperinflation, which is, you know, 100% inflation, right? Triple digit inflation. Not that is never, ever, ever going to happen. Ever. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. It's never going to happen in the United States. Weimar Germany, which people always want to point to. Yeah, I know. Like, completely unique set of circumstances involving war reparations debt that yeah. they had to pay back in other currencies. The United States is, has a big debt. It's in its own currency, which it can control, right? And it's still a safe haven and people are buying dollars. Yeah. And and that that also keeps the dollar high and that that's also deflationary, yeah. right? If we're buying stuff from overseas, but it's not going to happen. The second reason it's not going to happen because even if we get to 10%, which I highly doubt, yeah. the, it, the, the, the debt markets are going to step in yep. and they're going to raise interest rates and they will force the Fed to follow them, right? Or they will just, or what will happen is the Fed, you know, the Fed may keep on lending the banks money at like next to nothing, but the banks are going to charge 10% for it. The banks are going to be like loving it, right? Oh, printing money. money. Yeah. The bank, you know, because they're going to be making a 10% spread, mm -hmm. but you're not going to get it, right? No. You and Mr. Investor are not getting cheap interest rates. You're going to be paying 10%. That is going to be deflationary. So mm -hmm. it's just not going to happen, right? Yeah. So we may have like hotter than normal inflation for a while, 
by next say 18 months agreed kind of emerge from covid right and and that kind of stuff. we're seeing some of it happen right and but we're not like just don't freak out about yeah. like oh my god my money is going to be worthless a year from now yeah. because it's not right but yeah. if you are concerned about it, then go buy some assets, right? I mean, like the, <laughs> there is a way around it. Yeah. Get out yeah, of cash, like, like get out of cash. But as I also have said before, like if you believe this is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but if you believe that really high inflation is coming, then you should better hold on to some cash in your it, pocket. It's Jamie Dimon, right? Yeah. It's Jamie Dimon. He's, now it's over $650 billion yeah. he's holding because yeah. He's okay to lose a little now to get a lot later. Exactly. That's the thing. Cash doesn't have cooties. Cash, <laughs> cash doesn't have cooties. Cash does not have cooties. Cash is an option on opportunity. Absolutely. Right? Right. It's an option on opportunity. If you believe that we're in for some strong inflation, then look, put some into some assets, right? But you better keep some on the side because I guarantee you what's going to happen is that interest rates are going to go up. The value of those assets is going to go down, right? And you better have some cash either to like top up your interest payments or whatever it is. If you have, if you've got adjustable rate mortgages, or if you've got to refinance, you're gonna have to come up with more capital or on the good side, you better have that cash available so you can buy assets when they're cheap, when there are people who are you know, having to panic sell, yep. right? Or Love people it. who are fire sale selling or just can't, you know, whatever the reason is because cash is going to be king when that happens. And if you don't have it because you freaked out and you put it all into assets mm -hmm. just got to have some cash for opportunity opportunistic purposes on the side that's why jamie diamond stockpiling it warren buffett stockpiling it sam zell is stockpiling it right seth Klarman has always made a practice of being 30 to 50 percent in cash all the time and has produced like better returns than buffett doing that so look at what those guys are doing Right. Yeah, totally agree. Well, Jonathan, this has been a wonderful conversation today. I appreciate all our time. How can people follow you and be part of your world? Yeah, so come join me for more discussions like this in the multifamily investment community on Facebook. So that's multifamily, facebook.com slash multifamily investment community. And uh, just come on and join us there. It's a BS free group where we just talk about multifamily and other stuff like this. Uh, and try to have a little fun along the way. Yeah, folks, I'm a part of the group. I look forward to his posts uh, all the time. So go join it. Let him know you came from one rental at a time. Thanks, Jonathan. Absolutely. Thank you.